The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only, Tammy, the Harry Sasquatch Underwood. What up, girl? You know I be running my hoes up and down the road, smacking them, whacking them, taking control. You know what? You're getting better. Hi, everybody. <laughs> that because we doing what I call two-pack of M&M for 50 cents. That ludicrous, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're covering my a case that's near and dear to my heart. Um, In my pants, I have the biggest smalls. Well, you know what? After 30 years, well, nearly 30 years after t- the death, the freaking brutal murder of Tupac Shakur in Las Vegas, um, somebody has finally been arrested, and I couldn't be any happier. And now if they could just arrest somebody for Biggie's murder, I'd be even more ecstatic. But there is that. You know what I'm saying? They was gonna for me because I'm the greatest rapper of all time. Me and Notorious P.I.G. Oh, you're horrible. Notorious P.I.G. In the house, yo. Yeah, he's right there. Yep, sitting on my laptop on the, uh, off the side of my desk. Yep. So, um, anyway, I had to look up something real quick. Okay, um... Anyway, so I want to, let's just, I don't want to get into the rest yet. Um, I just, I kind of want to talk about Tupac. Because, I mean, despite how you feel about rap, Tupac was, he was instrumental. He was a pioneer. Um, no, he was. He was a black feller. Shut up. He was a pioneer in the industry. Oh, oh, I think he meant like a pioneer no, like on the, on the Oregon because, Trail. No, because unlike, no, he didn't get dysentery and die. Because I was on the Oregon <laughs> Trail, man. The black fellers, they didn't have quite the best of times when they were heading out west. I'm just saying. I know, right? It wasn't quite their time yet. All right. Well, uh, let's just say that, I mean, because in a, in a day and age, and I understand why some people have a thing against rap music, because it is demeaning. A lot of it is demeaning to women. It talks about, you know, thug, you know, shooting people up and hoes and calling women bitches and hoes and everything. Um, but I will say this. I mean, I used to own almost every Tupac album out there. And I, th- I believe, and I could be mistaken, but I believe there's only one of his songs that ever called a woman a bitch. And that was every other, every other city I go, every other video, I see the same hoes. You know, and it was basically just talking about these groupies. You that know? me here, man, with my mad raps and everything. I see all these <laughs> hoes all around. They're I like, mean, damn, boy, you and Notorious P.I.G., you got it going on. I'm a chick, girl. Right, you know right. It. And, and I will say this, too. I mean, he had Keep Your Head Up, which was about single motherhood, you know, about women who, you know, how men lead these women to take care of their children and just go off and do whatever the fuck they want. And, you know, baby daddies don't have any responsibility. Um, he loved his mother, wrote about her, even though, you know, she was a crack addict for a while um he had you know he talked about getting out of the li- the gang life because he was a gang member he was a blood and he had you know changes which was about getting out of that lifestyle so he was a pioneer in trying to like elevate above that you know the stigma of rap and gang life 
So he was born on June 16, 1971 in Harlem. He was raised by a single mother of two and a member of the New York chapter of the Black Panthers. Um, now, Shakir had had interest in the arts early in life. And by age 12, he enrolled in a theater ensemble in Harlem. There he starred in the play A Raisin in the Sun, which further ignited his lifelong love of performing. Um, so not only was he a rapper, he was an actor, too. He was actually really good at it. Now, his family moved to Baltimore, Maryland in the, in the 80s, where he would write his first raps and gave himself the name MC New York. It was also in Baltimore where he met and became good friends with Jada Pickett Smith and uh, Jada Pickett Smith. And so, you know, they they actually went on and did a couple of like shows and stuff together. Well, they were fucking. So you would think. Well, you know, I mean, dating. But to me, that's the same thing. I know you can't you can't date without having sex. Dude, I would love to have had sex with Tupac. But but I don't want to have sex with Tupac. You want to know why? You want to take a guess at why? Because he's a man? Because he's dead. What the oh. fuck? <laughs> what the hell? Oh. <laughs> what is wrong with I said you? I would love to have had sex with him, and then you're like, that's why I had past it still in my head when you said that. So that's why I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, my but yeah. God. So, I, I knew I'd set you up perfect for that one. Yeah, you kind of did. So when he was 17, he moved to California where he went to high school and studied poetry, theater, and music. He eventually dropped out of high school to form his first rap group, which he which he named Strictly Dope in 1989. Then in 1991, he was discovered by the rap group Digital Underground and got his first music credit on a song that was featured in the film Nothing But Trouble. Now, that same year, he released his debut solo album, Tupacalypse Now, owned it. Um, and that album was beginning of his notoriety as a gangster in hip-hop. Um, in 92, he made his acting debut in a movie called Juice. Amazing movie. And then he starred... Juice like... From juice, a, as in J-U-I-C-E? Yes, Oh, juice. not Juice like J-E-W-S. No. no. That, that, that's a Nazi movie, isn't it? Juice? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's a movie, but okay. Uh, we got 101 ways to cook a Jew. Yeah. And then, of course, he um, he co-starred with Janet Jackson in the 1993 movie uh, Poetic Justice, which was also a good movie. In 93, he released his second album through Interscope Records, and it went platinum by 95. And then he had five number one albums, including 1995, Me Against the World, uh, 1996, All Eyes on Me, along with three posthumous releases. In 96, he had the Don Caluminati, The Seven Day Theory, 2001, Till the End of Time, and 2004, Loyal to the Game. Now, along a year after his albums debuted in 1994, he was arrested in New York on... Um, Charges of sexual assault, and he was in prison for eight months uh, before, well, before he was bailed out by Suge Knight in 1995. And Suge Knight was, you know, the president of Death Row Records, you know. In 19, in November of 94, he had planned to visit, had a planned visit to meet with rapper Sean Combs and Biggie Smalls at Quad Studios in New York. And right before he walked in, he was shot five times and robbed of jewelry and in 1995 a wrongful death lawsuit filed against him for the 92 fatal shooting of a six-year-old in marin city florida 
I mean, Marin City, California was settled. Now, then, of course, if you ever, if you follow rap, and I know Scott's probably over there sleeping, but um, if you follow, if you follow gangster rap, you, you know of the East Coast, West Coast rivalry. Now, following the Quad City studio shooting, what was once a strong bond that was rooted in hip hop, it turned into a, it turned into this rivalry between East Coast and West Coast rap factions. Now, Tupac literally wrote a song um, and blatantly, openly accused Biggie and uh, Bad Boy Records and, you know, Sean P. Diddy Combs of having prior knowledge of the shooting and accused them, which they vehemently denied. It definitely pivoted to where it was more serious. Um, uh Oh, it, it, that was a pivotal moment. It wasn't just competition anymore between rappers. It was, you know, it, all, it, it was, it was kind of serious. But then also I have read numerous times that that East Coast, West Coast rivalry was a lot like publicity stunting, too. You know what I mean? Okay, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So Shakir's, uh, Tupac's allegations effectively drew a line in the sand at the time, though. On the East Coast... You had Biggie and his Bad Boy Records, which were a powerhouse in the East Coast rap industry. And then on the West Coast, you had Tupac and Death Row Records, which were, you know, very powerful out here, which, I mean, NWA and all of them were part of that. The rivalry became a key narrative in hip-hop with fans, artists, and industry personnel all being forced to choose a side, allegedly. Both artists used their music as an outlet for their frustrations. Um, they started releasing what's known as diss tracks, you know, with Tupac saying hit him up, which was one of the where he uh, aggressively dissed uh, Biggie and was like, hey, I know who. And then Biggie returned with who shot you, where she claimed um, wasn't about Tupac, but it was, you know, insinuated that it was about Tupac saying, hey, yeah, I had something to do with your shooting kind of thing. That's my song. Really? Yeah. I sing who shot you in the butt. Must have been me. Have a big nut. <laughs> yeah anyways then so this all was leading i mean this was three years leading up to september 7th 1996 uh two on september 2nd uh, 7th 1996 tupac went with his entourage to go watch the mike tyson fight against bruce sheldon at the mgm grand in las vegas now after the match, him and Suge Knight and some other members of their group were walking through the lobby of MGM when um, they spotted a, another group. I mean, because, okay, let's, let's make this clear. Tupac and his group were all known bloods, okay? And this other group, which included a guy by the name of Keithy, Keithy D., Keefe Davis and his nep uh, and his nephew Orlando quote Baby Lane Anderson in the casino. Okay, and they were known as the Crips. Okay, and so um, apparently after the after the fight because you know, it was a first round knockout fight on Mike Tyson's part. Um, at least he didn't bite the guy's ear off. Um, one of the members of Tupac's entourage said, "Hey." There's Orlando Anderson. He's the one that stole my death row chain, you know, the emblem that they wore, they all wore around their neck. And so 
Tupac took that as a sign of disrespect. Don't disrespect my dude. So he, I mean, in those video surveillance footage of it, he walked up to the guy, cold cocked him, and then a fight, you know, they got to fist fights. You know, the, both groups got in a fist fight, and then it dispersed before security came, right? Um, then, um, oh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, so then after they, they all, Tupac and his group left the hotel. And he was in a vehicle which being driven by Suge Knight um, in a black BMW. And while they were stopped at a red light, a white Cadillac pulled up alongside them, beside them. One person got out, opened fire into the car and shot Tupac. He suffered four gunshot wounds with two to the chest. He was rushed to the hospital where he died six days later on September 13th. Now, there were... So many rumors and theories surrounding Tupac's death, which I kind of bought into him as well. It was me. No, that wasn't one of the theories. I mean, because there was a theory that uh, Suge Knight put a hit out on him because he was talking about leaving Death Row Records. And he would have been more uh, worth more dead than alive if he left. You know what I mean? For Suge Knight. Mm-hmm. And then there were um, rumors that he faked his death to get out of the game, which I bought into that one, except for the fact that Snoop Dogg said that uh, Snoop Dogg is the one that actually ID'd his body in the hospital because his mom couldn't do it. Um, but, you know, so there were those and then, you know, other rumors, too. But also at the same time, I mean, because I didn't always buy into the fact that it was that Biggie was behind it. You know what I mean? Because some people said that Biggie and Sean Combs were behind it. But I didn't buy into that one because they were friends. Despite everything else, they were friends. And that's why I say a lot of their rivalry was, you know, media propaganda, you know. Um, you know what I mean? Did I use that word right? Yeah. Yeah, you did. So. You're fine. Okay. I just, it didn't sound right in my head when I said it. So, however, now... In September of 2003, an arrest has finally been made in the murder of Tupac. Um, Dwayne Davis, Keefe D, was a shot caller for, for a group of individuals that committed the crime, said Las Vegas Police Homicide Detective Lieutenant Jason Johansson. Um, and he orchestrated the plan that was carried out. According to prosecutors, Davis allegedly purchased the firearm used by his now deceased nephew, you know, Anderson, who is believed to have pulled the trigger, Orlando Anderson, who is believed to have been the, the shooter. They were all acting in concert together to go out and commit the murder, said retired detective of LAPD, Greg Kading. Uh, Davis himself has admitted in interviews and in his 2019 tell-all tell memoir called Compton Street Legend that he provided the gun used in the drive-by shooting. Now, authorities said that Davis's own public comments revived the investigation because he was given um, he was given a proffer agreement, which stated um, uh, it's a written contract between. You know, stating that he wouldn't be, he would have immunity if he like gave up who did the shootings, right? Well, he then continued to go on all these this book tour, whatever, and kept saying over and over again how he was involved and how he, you know, bought the gun and it was, you know, he was basically behind it and everything, which 
in essence, he violated his own proffer agreement. So that's why they were finally able to make an arrest. He was arrested while he was walking near his home outside Las Vegas. Hours before prosecutors announced in court that a Nevada grand jury had indicted the self-described gangster on one count of murder with a deadly weapon. And he's due to go to court for mur- on murder charges. They also, the ju- grand jury also voted to add a sentencing enhancement to the murder charge for gang activity that could up to, add up to 20 additional years. But keep in mind, this is what I'm going to say about this case too. And we talked about this before. Um, let's see here. Keefe D is literally 60 years old. He has cancer. And he just, I don't think he's going to make it. You know what I mean? He'll never make it to trial. Yeah, no. So it's it's just, I'm just glad that there's finally an arrest made and and Tupac's mom can have closure. You know what I mean? Because she's lived with this, who shot my son and why did my son get shot all these years? And I just wish that Biggie's mom could have that same closure. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, it do. It do. It do, yo. It do. It do, yo. You know. Yeah. I feel the pain of the black brothers and sisters out there. Well, see, and this, you know what's really sad about this whole situation? Is that there were, uh, where was it? There was um, a reporter in Vegas at the time of the Tupac killing that um, basically said that the um, uh, here it is, uh, Kathy Scott, a former crime beat reporter from the Las Vegas Sun, who was one of the first journalists on the scene of the shooting, t- said that the police failures weren't just were not probably unintentional, because she was told by a police captain at the time that a big trial in Vegas would be bad for tourism, so she felt like they didn't want to solve the crime. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I and did. then and then at the same time, this was in the ninth, you know, mid nineties when it was like, oh, there's just another rapper off the streets, or you know, oh, he's probably just an addict or whatever type thing. Which I don't care. He didn't deserve to die. He didn't deserve to be shot. He didn't deserve to be gunned down on the sun on the Vegas Strip, um, and everything. And he. <sighs> He was quoted as saying one time back in the day, I never had a record till I had a record, which means he was never in trouble with the authorities until he became famous. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So well, you probably understand that, don't you? Mm. Oh, wait, you're not famous yet. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Notice the silence, you twat. I, I do kind of notice the silence. But then again, I mean, and lo- and then there was like that he said, she said amongst the police departments because um, Orlando Anderson had gone back to L.A. and was bragging about this. And um, the LAPD had caught wind of it and they turned over the information to Las Vegas Police Department about it. And Las Vegas Police said, oh, we never got that. So or if we did, it wasn't anything worth pursuing type thing. It's like, oh, my God, are you serious right now? So I honestly believe they didn't really have a desire to solve it, like an overwhelming desire to solve it. You know what I'm saying? Probably not. Because why else would it take you 30 years when the guy's literally been bragging about it for the last 30 years? So but yeah, so I just and I brought this case up mainly in part because Brian sent me the the news release that Keefe D had been arrested. He's, he messaged it to me on Facebook, kind of, I think, in an effort to cheer me up. <laughs> but 
You okay over there? <coughs> no. My, for the past six months, my fucking sinuses haven't gotten any better. They keep draining into my lungs, and it sucks. Yeah. <coughs> I'm sorry. So I feel fine, but yeah, you know, I know. All of a I got to get all that, that fluid out of my lungs, which is just, it's just peachy. I know, right? I know. And what's really weird is there was a time when Keithy D was in federal prison for drug char- on drug charges, and he was there for more than five years. And he said every month while I was locked up, the FBI came in to sweat me behind that Tupac shit. They made my time miserable. Really? You're going to complain about doing Fed time? <laughs> you know, that's club Fed, isn't it? I don't know. I'm not a felon like you are. I've never been in fe- I've never been in federal. Sir, I'm going to need you to calm down, okay? Shut up. Security. Well, there was a time when uh, Suge Knight was housed at the federal penitentiary here in uh, Sheridan under, um, I think, tax evasion or something like that. But, yeah. You know. No, I don't avoid my taxes. Well, I meant as in, you know. Or evade. I, I avoid paying, you know, I avoid paying too much in taxes, but. I don't, I don't evade. I don't evade. I pay, pay what I fucking owe. Yeah, and, I know. Right? And it's not even for going to prison. Okay, the reason is, is because I don't want to fucking deal with an audit. Yeah, there is that. I don't want to have to go through the paperwork. See. The stress, the yeah. time, nothing like that. That way, the, the, and I don't want to have to be questioned by the IRS. I want them to be able to look at my fucking books and go, okay, yeah, it's straight. You're fine. Yeah. In and out. Really easy. Really <laughs> easy. You know what that's like, don't you? Anyways. Yes, I do. His name was Bruce. <laughs> Biggest penis I've ever seen in my he life. Came in and went out. Anyway, he did, but I couldn't walk right for like a week. It was. Just, <laughs> oh my god, you're oh my horrible. God. I had a walker and everything. No, my mom was telling me how because you know with my former stepdad being Korean and everything, and him trying to sponsor his family members over here, to bring him over here, um, they had an influx of money in their bank account, which showed up in their tax statements. And so they got audited because of that. But it was just, a, you know, they got a loan from his boss to show that they had the income. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But yeah, she said it was the worst time of her life getting audited by the IRS. She said it was so stressful. But I heard about an explosion in Germany at the uh, at the sausage factory. <laughs> it was the worst case they'd ever seen. You're so horrible. That's a worst joke, boys and girls. I got it. I got it. Not for you, for the people oh. out there going, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> Look it up. Bratwurst. Uh, yeah. You know, they have the Mount Angel Sausage Company down there that sells all these kind of sausages. Did you stuff. know that I have the Scott Sausage Company right there? And if your name is Morgan, you... Oh, my bad. <laughs> Poor Morgan. I know. It's just her day. Morgan, honey, I'm sorry. Morgan, it's just your day. Sorry, sweetheart. <laughs> So, Suck it up, buttercup. Suck it up, buttercup. It's just your fucking day. <laughs> yeah. I'll be going. I'll be moving back on to Squatch's mom any day now. Any day. <laughs> just wait for it. Wait for it. Just wait for it. And then, uh, of course, I can't ever forget Chris. Oh, shit. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and now Morgan's dad, John. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. I should never have given him your name. <laughs> if you hadn't, it'd just be Morgan's dad. I know. I know. Do you like popsicles? <laughs> Whatever. I got one in my pants. I mean, down in my basement. I left my ointment at home. Oh, yeah, for your hemorrhoids? No, for my wrist. Okay, is that what we're calling it? That's called a hemorrhoid. 
This is called a wrist. You're under a wrist? No, I'm not under a wrist. <laughs> I got that joke to you, dumbass. Are you aristocratic? <laughs> no. Aristocats. <coughs> you want to add anything else to your fucking no, I'm done. two pack of M&M for hey, 50 cent? You be nice to my Tupac. I'm just glad it's finally getting, you know. I bought a 12 pack of Diet Pepsi. Does that count? That's like six two packs. Is that like six two? God, shut up. <laughs> How dare you besmirk the name of a legend. I also, last time I went to go buy cigarettes, bought two pack M&M's. You know, you know I know something. Shut up. Anyways, I want to tell you something. My mother used to roll down the street with me blaring Tupac and she would like be bobbing her head going like this. <laughs> Raising the roof. That's how awesome my mom was back in the day. She's that way now whenever I'm rubbing her butt. She raises the roof? Oh, she's like, oh, Scotty, yes. Now spank it. Spank it because I'm a bad lady. No, she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Why are you so gross? <laughs> Yuck. Nobody wants to imagine. You know what? I'm going to start making jokes about your mom having sex. Have at it, man. <laughs> I don't know with who yet. <laughs> Go ahead. Close it out. <coughs> Sorry. People care from your mom. Remember, boys and girls, you can send us an email <laughs> at Brutal Nation at Twisted Blue LLC. I didn't say it was from Morgan or anything. Thank God. So, see? See? Did okay. Circle back to your mom and left Morgan out of it. Okay. However, be worth it. Anyway, remember, boys and girls, you can send us an email at Brutal Nation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium. Crime Beat on Medium and wherever you get your blogs. Log on to, br- log on to Facebook and join Citizens of Brutal Nation. Interact with us. This show's copyright 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved if you're hearing this or any part of this on anybody else's show or podcast except for Metal Cross Radio. They're lying, thieving bastards. bastards. And we will talk to y'all later on. Bye-bye. Bye.